Welcome to Our Next Existence by Katie and the Chorus. I'm Katie, former technology strategist turned reluctant spiritual medium, and I channel messages from the Chorus, a group of beings just beyond our sensory perceptions who are loving, expansive, and who greatly enjoy sharing their perspective of us. Join us each week as we share and discuss their ideas about humanity's existence, purpose, and future. Concepts you can draw from to accelerate your path, expand your perceptions, and ultimately step into the flow of the universe and your life. Welcome back, everyone. For those of you who have listened to season one and all the episodes so far in season two, you probably are familiar with my story that I was sick for several years of mysterious symptoms that continued to grow worse and I met the chorus, all of which culminated in a total collapse of my system, you could say from one perspective. From another perspective, you could say that I had a psychiatric break. As a result of that one very bad night, the truth about the channeling came out to my family. We discovered new issues in my physical body with my thyroid. I was put on a lot of medications. I started to see a therapist. I had to leave my job. Basically, my whole world was swept away from me. I also had nervous system issues in the weeks following the break. I couldn't handle loud noises. I had a stutter. I found it difficult to coordinate my body at times and to move around. It wasn't too long after the fact. I mean, felt incredibly long for me at the time, but looking back, it was probably only six months to a year that I was able to form a perspective or start to form a perspective on what had happened. And I realized that it would not be unreasonable to believe that my nervous system had basically had a blowout a connection with a very vast energetic source in that night, which, I mean, basically fried all my circuits. We did MRIs. We looked at everything that we could in the physical wavelengths, and there was nothing really unusual. Western medicine can't explain yet these kinds of things other than to say it must all be in your head or it must be a result of the things you think in your head. And from a certain perspective, if you can't see, detect, experience, or monitor anything else beyond the five senses wavelengths, that would seem to be a sufficient explanation because otherwise, what else causes it? It opens the door to explanations that are too far beyond what we are able to understand or even control. But I had felt them. I had felt those energetic wavelengths for years. All sorts of presences I couldn't understand, communications, messages. It started out slowly, but that unseen world has gradually become more and more visceral to me. And maybe I can't always see it with my eyes, but we're getting to a point now where those sensations feel as tactile or solid to me as the things I actually feel with my five senses body. This has sort of resulted in a conviction about everything that is unseen and unknown. 
it's hard for me today to come across any explanation for anything and not give it consideration. (laughs) I can't dismiss anymore. Like that verb, it's not, I can't dismiss this or that or whatever. The feeling sensation of dismissing feels very useless to me. There is value in all perspectives that have come across. And even more so when I allow them to be inexplicable and I sort of just continue to collect them and watch as they connect themselves to each other. At times, I'll be honest, it does feel like my head is going to explode. (laughs) There are days where sometimes there are so many loose ends. There are so many directions. There are so many new suggestions about what's going on in the world or in spiritual dimensions or who thinks what is going on too. It's, It's a lot. And that's when I tell my brain that we, meaning my brain and I, are not responsible for figuring it all out. I'm simply here to flow through it. There are times when I avoid the course. (laughs) I'm just not ready for another download. And I honor that part of myself, which has come a long way in tolerating a lot more unknowns and inexplicable things than I ever could before. And then other times I feel like I can move towards the chorus and other unknowns in a totally open way where I can just experience it, where there's no rush and I'm not trying to fix anything that I'm missing, even in terms of missing a mental understanding of what I'm seeing. This perception the felt, experiential, energetically attentive perception has a lot of storage capacity. (laughs) As I've started to move into allowing a feeling place of all the unknowns, it does take on that life-giving quality of interest, and curiosity, as opposed to burden and responsibility. If you're starting to discover more about the world right now and how it works, parties vying for power in ways we didn't often understand or know about, things moving in directions that we didn't have any awareness of, People being directed, perhaps in ways we couldn't see. Can understand why you might have moments where you want to avoid all of it. Where your brain is just like grappling with how that could possibly have been going on all that time. And you know what? I fully support that choice. The choice to hang out on the couch, the choice to simply be with the ones you love, the choice to freak out (laughs) should you feel like it, 
choice to eat an entire bag of potato chips. Because it's not so much about all the wild things happening in the universe around us. It's about the birth of our perspective into this universe. There is no right or wrong way to do it. Simply by being you, the you who was born into these belief systems, who has energized it in a completely unique way, a way that no one else in creation could ever embody these things. The way that you look at awakening, the way you experience it, the way you choose a couch or not, are all incredible expressions of creation and the force of love from which we all come. The battlefield is the illusion. What really matters is how we see it. How we walk the path through these energetic wavelengths and allowing all the things that we are and believe and then believe next (laughs) and then change our minds again and believe next and then try and then fail and then try again and then realize maybe we didn't have to try. This journey is the journey. You're doing it right now and you're doing great. And there are, of course, many beings who think you're doing great, too. In the first part of the episode, you'll hear directly from the chorus themselves, and then afterwards we will discuss. Enjoy. frequencies, we welcome you most joyfully. By our perspective, it is no accident that you are here. It was not a stroke of luck. It was not a mere miss. Everything in your being has brought you to the resonance of this place by way of and through a most incredible experience of limitation that you chose. And in making the choice to participate here would also be still connected to the expansive power of the universe though from some perspectives it might have looked 
unknown. How all of this would transpire, and how you might return again to connection to the universe. By other perspectives, this was always assured and continues to be assured for all participants in this experience of limitation. Time is an aspect of how humans evaluate the beginning and the end of things. There are moments in which you will dictate that this is and must be the start, or this is and must be the finish. As you evaluate who is where by that point in time, you determine for yourselves the rightness or wrongness of how all the things have transpired. This is a very valid perspective from a five senses experience where time is constantly passing and limited. And so too are resources, abilities to communicate and connect with others. Where there is a concept called needing to move on. However, by the view of many other beings in the universe, there is no such thing as a beginning or an end. That all things transpire and flow dynamically. That there is always connection. That there is always an increase in understanding by way of the different viewpoints you can hold. Said another way, there is no concept of moving on because. There is always movement. There is always growth. For many of you through this awakening process, you may wonder at times who is on the train and who is not, who will make it by which point in time and who may not. If it is starting, for others around you or has not started yet. And these are valid perceptions and questions that are bringing to consciousness for you many of the beliefs that you hold about these constructs. And by another view, we are all on the same train. We are all expansive aspects of creation, we are each infinitely and gloriously unique, and we are all having the times of our lives, reveling in the many aspects and perspectives of creation, coming to ever-increasing clarity on the wonders of it all. We enjoy being with you on this ride.
and we hope that it persists infinitely, much like our love for you all. news ever (laughs) or the best news ever. As usual, they're talking about that most expansive viewpoint, just creation and experience and expansion and coming into more and more and more and more clarity about our own uniqueness. They live in that infinite place where it just gets better and better and better. But we don't. (laughs) I mean, I say that sarcastically. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we sense that something seems to be getting better in, in life. I mean, I can look at my life and realize that there are so many more things that I understand today that I just didn't even have an inkling of decades ago. And I'm glad. I'm glad for this. Sometimes I look at the more challenging aspects of my journey and, well, I'm not glad for those yet. (laughs) But I can see in some ways an expansiveness don't know that I see it yet for everyone around me, though. As you all know, being a channel is something I share in some instances and sometimes not, and I'm coming through that too. Coming to a place of being all channel all the time. (laughs) But I think sometimes the rubber really meets the road on what they're talking about when you come across someone who you see, potentially, on a similar path, but a little bit behind where we are. Just yesterday, I was talking to a new friend who is kind of aware of what I do, but not really. You know, we sort of remarked on it and she's interested, but it's still quite new. And she tells me about a dear friend of hers who drastically changed last year. And I finally got a little more of the story about what happened. And this woman was very in tune, very selfless, very giving in extraordinary ways, very physically in tune, had a gift of understanding bodies. And one day she has a very startling experience. My understanding is that she started to experience extreme vertigo The world seemed to turn upside down. And in the same moment, she felt a staggering connection 
to others and including a family member. And it felt like that family member was passing away in that moment. Her system started to be very affected. She started to shake and was still shaking for weeks afterwards. And the whole experience sort of blew her reality right out of the water. I know what that feels like. And as I was listening to my friend describe this to me, and my friend not really knowing my journey, I found that the triggers were snapping inside of me like a room full of mouse traps with ping pong balls. <laughs> Hearing this woman's story being so similar to mine and knowing that this woman is still struggling, is still in the midst of all of this, just set me on fire. I was ready to get in the car and drive to this woman's house right then. <laughs> Practically wanted to ask my friend for her name and her location, and I was going to show up, just be like, yes, it could be all this physical stuff that they've got you on drugs for now, but it also could be this other thing called a spiritual awakening, and it's a giant fucking pain in the ass. And I know that many of you listening to this have probably had a similar experience where you see someone grappling with something that feels so similar to what you have been through. And that connection that we all have to each other in the group consensus just gets ignited. And you feel like you got to do something. You got to say something. You got to intervene. You have to help them. So I sat with these ridiculous feelings. (laughs) I call them ridiculous, but they're not, of course. They have great purpose. So I sat with these completely validly ridiculous from a certain perspective feelings for several moments and talked to my friend about it and how she was feeling. And ultimately we came to a good place, I guess you could say, for how she could manage the situation. And I get off the phone and I sit there for a long time and wonder about this woman. And I start to wonder, like, is this part of the reason why I moved here? Am I destined to connect with her? Can I help her? Should I help her? All those questions come up, right? And today, I'm sitting here very clearly aware of the fact that the chorus never feels that way. I never sense in the chorus a need to intervene in my life. Now, by all accounts in an infinite universe, if they are more expanded, I could reasonably assume that I am on a similar path way, way, way far behind them. Right? I mean, if we assume that they have expanded through much, if we assume a linear concept for this, lines everywhere, which is fair to do so, even by their account, it's a way of understanding the universe. So let's assume lines and let's say that maybe the chorus encompasses 
trillions of lines by now. They're so expanded. So I could reasonably be on one of the lines that they encompass. And yet, they don't turn around and drive over to my house and say, oh, Katie, listen, 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 listen. We've been on this line. If anything, they view my presence at this exact point and at every point on my path as infinitely perfect, not lacking anything. And they have the perspective of of trillions of lines of understanding and clarity and expansion that I lack in this present standpoint. And thinking through this analogy helped me to realize something important. That if the chorus were to turn around and do that, they would simply be resonating with my point on the line in which you can experience a belief called saving others. In that moment, they wouldn't necessarily be the chorus. They would have narrowed their resonance down to this perspective, which doesn't inherently resonate with all those other perspectives on all those trillions of lines that they encompass. That is the felt sense that we often get in listening to these messages of their love is the difference between our resonance of needing a thing or missing a thing or trying to stop a thing versus their expanded perspective in which they see the inherent rightness of everything that we are and everything that we're resonating with. Okay, so how do I move this recognition into a resonance, into a perspective where I can view somebody else's suffering, particularly suffering so similar to what I went through, and allow for it? The Chorus today talked about a very interesting phrase because it is a very human phrase. They said that we have a concept called moving on. (laughs) Now, as they indicated, moving on is strongly connected to our concepts of linear time and many other things too converge actually into this concept because moving on is not just like, ah, we've hit a point in time in which there needs to be a change of scene. (laughs) Moving on also has an aspect of escape to it where there is something that has gone on long enough and now we have to just move on. We have to let that go, close that door, seal that up, (laughs) forget that it happened, come to our own closure and change. Moving on is a herald in some ways, a demand in others that we do something differently. When we say, I'm going to move on from this relationship, we are not in the subtext expressing that, and I hope I get another one, just like this one. (laughs) Moving on indicates that we want a fundamental shift. We don't want to do this anymore. We don't want to be like this anymore. 
we are moving on from this chapter, this version of us, or this experience that we have been having into something new. If you read into the subtleties of the energetic sensation of moving on, there is actually a pushing off. Sometimes moving on can be an attractive quality. I'm moving on from this job because I found this other job that I love. But oftentimes humans use this kind of phrase when we are sort of pushing off of the thing that we're leaving. Like, I'm so sick of this thing. (laughs) I need to move on from it. It is an expression actually of a recognition that the deficiency or the thing that we wish were existent has been languishing for too long. And we, we believe in some ways that the reason why it's not here yet is because perhaps we have unduly held on to the old thing for too long. So we may not necessarily know what we're leaping towards yet, but we've got to just stop trying to turn the existing situation into that which we desire or hope for or dream of. We just got to move on. Now, I think the aspect of time here comes into play in the judgment in the length of time that the thing we need to move on from has gone on, right? It's not like I take the ice cream out of the freezer, give myself one scoop, take one bite, and then throw down my spoon and say, I got to move on from this ice cream. (laughs) Right? That would seem absurd to us because it's like, what do you mean? You You just got started with the ice cream, Katie right? There is a time-based aspect to what it is that we are moving on from. So, okay, so let's take an unpleasant situation. So I take the ice cream out of the freezer. It's a new flavor that I haven't tried before. I make myself a scoop and I put my spoon in and take a nibble. And I realize I don't really like it that much. And I throw down my spoon and I say, I got to move on from this ice cream flavor. (laughs) Again, equally absurd because it's like, well, you mean you don't like it, right? It would be a simple statement of preference. It has a lighter quality to it. There is not so much of it built up into time that it's just like, I can't take this ice cream flavor anymore. It's simply like, oh, you just realized you don't like it. Okay, there's a different flavor in the freezer. So as we know in talking to the chorus about the power of manifestations in our reality, they build beliefs. And so as we continue to collect a pile of a particular flavor of manifestations in our reality, beliefs also are constructed about the permanence, really, of the thing that is continually manifesting in our reality. This was a very powerful aspect of our limitation because it limited change. The more we experience a thing, the more we build beliefs about it. The more we build beliefs about it, the harder it is to alter, essentially, in our five senses perspective. The more we believe would be required to experience it any other way. Change, essentially, becomes less and less possible by way of the passage of time 
and the piling up of manifestations about a particular way that things are, perhaps, a particular way that things transpire. We sense this a lot in our relationships, particularly romantic relationships or partnerships in which we continually experience life and and business, you could say, or any sort of close-knit type of needing to persevere through with another person. Now, as psychology and neurology and all sorts of different fields are coming to understand, the longer something goes on, the more the human brain is designed to basically run itself off of that pattern. In some ways, we expect so much the way that the other person will respond that even when they respond in a slightly different way, it's almost as if our brains cannot recognize it. So let's say you and your partner for years had a similar argument about something and really couldn't get through it, really couldn't come to a point of hearing the other person. There were so many beliefs that were activated about not being safe, not being heard, not being loved, etc. Now, let's say you go into therapy and you start talking about this thing. What often happens is that in some ways, you will replay the same argument over and over again, now in front of the therapist, (laughs) unless he or she intervenes, which is their job, to reset these mental patterns. But you will have the same argument over and over again because there are so many constructs that are now so built up in this scenario that it becomes very difficult to hear any new information, to to understand in any new way what that person is saying. As we talked about earlier in the season, this can often contribute to a perception that is called futility, where something has happened over and over and over and over again in the same way, and it can start to feel unchangeable. That sense of there being any other possibility that this could go any other way diminishes so much as to be our sense and others' sense of futility. So now if you're sitting in the session with a therapist, this is a new person to the scenario. He or she does not have a pile of manifestations about your relationship and all these things that you have been fighting over for years and all the hours that you have spent separately fuming and not talking to each other and then et cetera, right? So really the job of the therapist is to bring to bear the tools that they have used in terms of, you know, their training, but also energetically. The job of the therapist is really to be open to the change, to see the potential in the relationship. Some of us may have felt this already in terms of therapy or counseling or experiences of this nature that we've had. When you come across a therapist who can hold space, as they say, who holds open the possibility of your healing, there is something attractive about that to someone who is ready to heal. 
for someone who is ready to heal, however, who comes across a counselor or therapist or somebody who is sort of like, no, you sort of just have this issue and you're going to have it for life. (laughs) There is an immediate friction. There is a distaste. There is an anger. There is a grappling. There is a total depression. There is an emotional slash energetic response to that kind of confirmation of something that you have been struggling with for a really long time and are finally ready to change, take the steps to find someone to help you with this and you can almost sense whether or not they represent that possibility of change. Now, eventually, you can start to feel that in your partner or in whoever it is that you've been bickering with in a similar way for a really long time. (laughs) Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker, right? These sort of redundant situations. There comes a moment that is so obvious when it happens because it is so energetically different than repeating the same argument over and over and over again. It feels like a totally open door. Like, as opposed to them coming into the conversation and being like, this again, right? Energetically, you can feel it, this again. Instead, they're sort of listening. You feel it? You can feel the difference when someone is actually listening. That felt sense of a listening meaning of a, of, a, of a willingness to hear something new is really, in some ways, our sense of possibility. Now, some people would call this vulnerability. You feel that? You have to walk into a situation and be vulnerable, we say. Be open to it, not working out. You have to hold steady is another common phrase, which means you say what you need to say by way of that hope for that possibility and that change. And when the other person starts to respond and all of those beliefs activate within you saying, this is the same thing, this is the same thing, you hold steady in that mental response based on all those manifestations and beliefs that you've collected over the years about how this person can only respond. By way of holding steady through that, what you are really doing is leaving open your door for change. Manifestations will come through that door. And ultimately, your life changes. Perhaps that life change starts with simply the opportunity for a conversation that had everything stacked against it to go in a particular direction, the way it always went before, now to go in a new direction. In that scenario, in the middle of that conversation unfolding in a new way, 
where you are hearing for perhaps the first time in years new things in new ways that your partner is saying, expressions of how they feel, connections that you haven't felt with them in so long. If I paused the conversation right there in the middle and I asked you this question, what would you say? Do you need to move on from this relationship? Feels a little incongruent, doesn't it? Your feeling coming through the open door of your possibility of change, all of these things unfolding. So much so that the concept of moving on may not really make sense because there's nothing in that flowing space to push off of. In fact, if we dig a little deeper into this example and look at what is happening to your sense of time in this situation, you might find that you are very present. In fact, very attentive to everything that was coming through in that open place. And that your sense of the way that this conversation has gone wrong all of those years is practically quiet. You are not in that moment aware of that string of manifestations of history of all the things that went sideways. You are open and attentive to what is coming through in that present moment place. Time, in a sense, the influence of time in the conversation is less. The influence of memory, churning memories in particular, which is an expression of our resonance with time, is practically silent. Now, As these conversations go on, you will find that there is, in a way, an amount of time that you can allow for newness before a hurt will rise up in you and say, there it is, there it is, they just said it, they said what you thought they would the way they always have said it before, right? These are the beliefs based on all those manifestations participating in the way that they do in our limitation. Now, the difference is as you go forward in an energetic place like this where you are ready for change, you will recognize them more and more easily. It may not necessarily be an overnight success, but you will have this sort of like, ugh, this again feeling, right? Again, subtle to a human at first, but really that type of recognition and sensation is a revolution. When someone gets to the point of feeling, ugh, this again, That is a felt energetic resonance with the clarity, with with the understanding, with the perspective that all of this has transpired. It is very different than being fully resonant in the belief itself, where you're still really charged or still really angry. You're still in the fight, 
as opposed to having that sort of, ugh, this fight again sensation. So really, as time passes and you continually hold open the door for this to be different, for the possibility of hearing something different, you are some, in some ways walking back through the pile of manifestations. In another view, you could say that you are building a new path. You are building a new pile of manifestations. This can seem agonizingly slow to a human at this juncture. It will accelerate. But ultimately, this sensation, this process that the Chorus and I are talking about today is the process of consciously choosing, of consciously enacting change. This is very different from a five senses perspective of change in which we have often viewed it as a five senses thing. Like in order to change, you have to do physically something different. So I usually write with my left hand and today I'm going to write with my right hand. It's change, right? There is an aspect of you got to make it happen on the five senses. And from a perspective that was limited to only those five senses, that makes perfect sense. But what we are talking about here is the energetic sensations and process of change where you are choosing further upstream a different energy, a different wavelength, a different frequency. And currently, this is some of the starting manifestations on the five senses in an expanded five senses perspective of how we do this. We're still having a conversation, right? But there is a second track that we are now expanded to perceiving that we are aware of. We are aware of these emotions. We are aware that some part of us thinks this is dumb because it's just going to be a fight the way it always has been. But there's another part of us that really wants it to be different, that really wants change, that really misses that connection and that sense of love. Are we heading to a point where we can choose these frequencies more rapidly? Yes. Ultimately, this sense of holding open, of turning in a direction of new possibility, becomes expanded and stronger. Meaning where you had to sort of in the beginning oscillate and grapple with all these other beliefs that are cropping up, like now they're going to say something mean. I knew they said that. They really do hate, right? You hear bong, bong, bong. It just keeps, it's like a drum, just keeps beating. In the beginning, there is an oscillation actually happening that makes it feel difficult, we would say, to choose the change. Really what is happening is you are making thousands of choices for change in a given conversation. It is that oscillation over moments in time that feels heavy or like a lot because, I mean, technically it is a lot. But also as we move into a more expanded place where these oscillations happen in such a seamless way as to not really feel like our attention is being pulled back, pulled back, pulled back, our attention is simply expanded to take in both, to take in anything. And so it lightens. The 
movement or the turning towards change doesn't feel so much like a turning upstream. It starts to feel like presence. Presence in all the perspectives that you are able to embody at any moment in time. So let's go back to the example from the start of the episode about me and this woman that I was hearing about. Phone call's done. I'm sitting here in my chair, oscillating. Now, I am not actually having a conversation with with anybody, anybody physical, but you could say that I was having a conversation with an older version of me, a me that I've grappled with many times, a me that is certain and triggered and freaking out that the sequence of these things must indicate something very particular for this other woman, a type of suffering, a type of awakening that I went through. And from a certain perspective, this is completely valid. But let's set aside that other woman that I don't even know for just a moment. (laughs) And let's look at just a little more closely what I was conversing with inside of me in that moment. It was a pile of manifestations. It was a pile of experiences that I've had that tell me that any time these things pile up in the same way, it's going to go down in just this way, and there is no other way about it. There is no other possibility, and there is no change. See if you feel the difference between when I say that this woman is going through the exact same awakening I did and an openness that wonders what this woman is going through that looks so similar to something that I survived. Feel the difference? Even as I just added those last few words to that question, looks so similar to something I survived. Hear how it reinvigorates the beliefs about it's the same. It's all right if you're not feeling all of this in this episode. Many of these things are bringing together many of the different constructs about beliefs that we have talked about. But the important point is this. Each path is perfect. And each path is infinitely unique. When each of us feel these things rise up within us, based on all the manifestations that we carefully build, there are aspects of it which reflect our group consensus, of course, but there are also aspects which simply reflect the limitations of the path that we each had been on. The limitations that are calling you back into a blinded perspective where there can be nothing different. 
and no change and very few possibilities. As we each find the ways to leave open the door for change in every experience that we go into, no matter how similar it looks to things that we have already experienced and remember doing, we are making different energetic choices. We are resonating in new ways. And we are moving towards something incredible and new, as opposed to just moving on from the same old thing that we just gotta escape. We each have the infinite power of choice within us. We gave ourselves an incredible experience of what life would be without it. And now we are awakening to what we thought we had lost, to what perhaps we never even conceived of existing, and to what behind the veil of all of these beliefs has always been there. Each time we are able to open our hearts No matter in how small a way, the love of the universe pours in. I am ready to stand by this woman in all the ways that her journey might be similar to mine. But mostly, I can't wait to discover all the ways that her journey is uniquely new. much for listening. We hope you found these messages to be helpful. May they accelerate you on your path wherever you'd like it to go. For more information on The Chorus and I, our podcast, book, or how to get in touch with us, visit katieinthechorus.com. Thanks again. See you next time.